Broadcasting from the Dudley DeBosier Studios. Anytime, anywhere, smartphone, tune in radio app, we are WRKN. 1061 Nash Icon, Picayune, New Orleans. Good evening, and welcome to All Access on 1061 FM Nash Icon at NashFM1061.com. Presented by CrescentCitySports.com, the best sports site in Louisiana. All Access is also presented by the Allstate Sugar Bowl, representing the best of amateur athletics. And by Francesca by Katie's, serving up St. Louis-style food with a New Orleans flair. All Access is also brought to you by Lamarck Ford and Lamarck Lincoln in Kenner. By Bergeron Automotive in Metairie. By LifeGate Church in Mandeville in Metairie. By Premier Automotive throughout the New Orleans area. John Curtis Christian School in River Ridge. By Life Resources Ministries with outreaches throughout the New Orleans area. And by the RNL Carriers New Orleans Bowl. It's your chance to talk intelligent sports. All sports, all the time. To join in the conversation, call 504-260-1061. Now here's your host, Cumulus New Orleans Sports Director Ken Trahan of CrescentCitySports.com, the Saints Hall of Fame Museum, and the Kenner Star. And a pleasant good evening and welcome to another edition of All Access, the Friday night edition here on 106.1 FM Nash Icon. We're on the web at NashFM1061.com. Tune in app through iHeart anywhere in the world. Listen in. Of course, you can also get us via Alexa at home. Just tell her to play Nash Icon 1061 FM. You can also email me, Ken at CrescentCitySports.com. Listen to the podcast when the show's over through CrescentCitySports.com. Click on the menu, click on more, and click on podcast to do so. And you can call the show at 504-260-1061. That's 504-260-1061. Later in the show, college football. Lenny Van Gilder of CrescentCitySports.com will join us to talk about Tulane, a little bit about LSU, and college football in general. We start off by talking about the New Orleans Saints, of course, the topic of the day, considering their preseason opens tomorrow night at Houston against the Texans. So two weeks of practices concluded. Draw whatever conclusions you want. As Allen Iverson once said, it's practice. So the point is, you see some things, you get a little bit excited about some things, but in the grand scheme, it doesn't mean anything until you see what happens on the field. Well, you get a chance to see that tomorrow for the first time against an opponent as the Saints take on the Texans. Ross Jackson of CrescentCitySports.com, Locked On Podcasts, Locked On Saints, joining us now as well to do so. Hey, Ross, how are you? Hey, Ken. I'm doing well, doing well. Glad to be here with you. Hope you're doing well, too. Well, doing fine. You've been out there watching practice and, of course, reporting uh, through your Locked On podcast and for Crescent City Sports. And, by the way, continue to read Ross's work at Crescent City Sports, which thousands of people have done already in grand fashion, and the numbers continue uh, to grow incrementally. So thanks for that, and I'm sure it's been good for you. So with that in mind, uh, all right, so we're going into this game so far. Before we get into particulars, just the overall vibe that you have from this football team. Good vibe, positive vibe, winning vibe. Is that what you get? Yes. I mean, I would, I would say that it's a positive vibe for sure. Um, I would even go so far as to say that it's an optimistic one, not something that I would say would be unjustifiably optimistic, but certainly one that comes with a lot of positive outlook for this New Orleans Saints team that are obviously very comfortable and very happy with uh, what they've been able to put together over the course of this offseason. I think rightfully so. I mean, losing a head coach is a big deal. Losing your franchise quarterback the year before that 
perhaps an even bigger deal in terms of your on-field ability and on-field product. And a lot of teams would have gone into this offseason with those losses over the course of the past couple of years and maybe looked at it as an opportunity to rebuild, maybe looked at an opportunity to kind of clean, uh, start off on a clean slate, things like that. But this New Orleans Saints team, Mickey Loomis, Dennis Allen, these guys knew that they wanted to come in here in 2022 and be able to compete. And so far they put together a roster that they very, very, much feel that they're going to be able to do that with throughout this year. Um, yeah, there's a positive vibe there during training camp, but as you mentioned just a second ago, seeing it all come together on the field is going to be the uh, real kind of barometer there to where we get to look at whether or not things are warranted or un- unwarranted or justified or unjustified in terms of their positivity. Well, we know Jameis Winston won't play tomorrow night. I'm not mm-hmm. concerned about that. There's two more games after that, and it doesn't look to be anything serious. We certainly uh, believe that to be the case. So Andy Dalton will start. He'll get a little work, and and we'll see a lot of Ian Book. So, so far, so good with Dalton. Uh, That's not a surprise. The guy's a competent player who can step in and win a game for you if you need him to. But nobody's really talked about Ian Book. And the Saints haven't forgotten about him. They certainly haven't given up on him. What they did to him against Miami last year was was unfair, obviously. Uh, Mm -hmm. Just your perception of what you see of Book at this point, since no one's really talked about him. Yeah, look, I think that he's grown a lot over the course of these about three weeks of camp here. I think early on we saw him want to tuck the ball and run a lot, which you're not really able to do very much in training camp. Nobody could tackle you, so you know, you're just kind of blowing those plays dead each time, and so it's about carries about the value of maybe a throwaway at that point. So he doesn't really get a lot from there, but we've now seen him over the course, particularly this week, which I think was his strongest display uh, and sort of string of practices, We've seen him with good ball placement. We've seen him throw passes a little more. We've seen him use his legs to extend plays, but find ways to get the ball out of his hands. Uh, a, a lot of you know his off-schedule ability as a runner is going to be able to be on display in the preseason games, but during training camp, you know you really want to see him throw the ball. And I think he's done a good job. He's made good decisions. He's had a couple of throws to where you know, at, at a certain point, you're just looking to see what you can get away with against defenses, things like that. You're looking to test your arm a little bit. So those have been kind of up and down. But his ability to make the right decision, see plays develop in front of him, uh, you see him progressing a little bit more in terms of full field reads, things like that. So a lot of positivity around Ian Book thus far. Um, Dennis Allen, head coach, talked about him Thursday and kind of mentioned that his ability to go off schedule is something that the Saints really, really like. And we saw that with Jameis Winston last year, something that really paid off. But now, you know, what, what Ian Book's able to put on tape for himself over the course of this preseason, I think is going to be, you know, really important for him and how he Vis- fits into this New Orleans Saints team. Visiting with Ross Jackson, talking about the New Orleans Saints. So from the standpoint of watching positions, there's some, some clear ones to watch tomorrow night. And I guess you start with running back. We know Alvin Kamara and Mark Ingram are going to be significant parts of this team. Kamara looking more and more like he'll play into the season, if not deep into the season, if not the whole season, the way this mm-hmm. whole legal matter is unfolding. So you get beyond those two, you figure two more perhaps on the roster. And you've got some guys vying for those spots. Dwayne Washington, veteran player, special teams player, clearly. Tony Jones, the guy they anointed last year to be that second guy, was a bit disappointing, and injuries were part of it. Uh, Zigbo has been brought back, uh, who was a promising guy in camp a few years ago. And then, of course, Abram Smith, the rookie. If you're thinking in terms of competition, 
and they keep two more, who would you see those two being at this point in time? I think if they kept two more, I would probably lean towards Dwayne Washington and Divine Zigbo. I think what Dwayne Washington gives you as a special teamer has to be a part of that conversation, but he has really taken some steps forward in terms of what he can do for you out of the backfield as well. Not only as a runner, but we've also seen him get split out wide. We've seen him kind of you know, run some more routes from the backfield. So we've seen him get involved a little bit more in the passing game as well. And if you're looking for somebody that's going to really be able to impact your game as a runner, as a pass catcher, but then also as a pass protector, I think Divina Zigbo uh, is one of the guys that certainly has the uh, – has the ability to do that. We'll get a better look at his pass protection ability probably tomorrow night, if not tomorrow, then certainly over the course of the preseason. But I think that those are the two guys that I would put up there. I think Devine's ability to impact the game as a pass catcher and special teamer, in addition to his good vision with the ball in his hands as a runner, I think are things that maybe put him above uh, Tony Jones Jr. as well as um, Abram Smith so far. Abram Smith is not, and, and that's not to say that either of these, any of these guys are underperforming. They're all battling it. I just think that you've had a couple of situations here to where, you know, you saw Tony Jones Jr. with some early drops, but you've seen him bounce back from that. So his ability to respond is something that's going to be, you know, really important. He had a 60-plus or 60-or-so-yard screen that he, you know, would have housed for a touchdown during practice the other day, during camp the other day. Uh, and Abram Smith scored a couple of touchdowns in, in red zone drills um, just a day ago. So, you know, it's not to say that those guys are underperforming at all. But right now, just in terms of the consistency that we've seen, uh, if we were keeping two out of those four, I would highlight you know Dwayne Washington and Divine Azigbo as the two guys uh, up there. And then I do want to also mention, just in case it factors into the numbers at running back, I could see this team continuing to keep a fullback moving forward. Uh, Adam Prentice is the only fullback in camp. J.P. Holtz, the tight end, uh, he's gotten some reps there in the backfield as well. But uh, you know, Adam Prentice is definitely somebody that should be able to help keep the fullback alive in the, the NFL game with the way that New Orleans Saints love to play. Interesting, because I guess the biggest question about Abram Smith would be, could they get him to the practice squad, or would he end up somewhere else? Yeah, I think that, yeah, that's, that's sort of the, the, the chess game you have to play when it comes to uh, when it comes to offenses and, or when it comes to the practice squads and things like that. You know, can, you, can you move on from these guys? and then hopefully not see them picked up elsewhere before you can move them to the practice squad. Oftentimes, more times than not, those guys make it through. But there are the ones that, you know, inevitably and in, 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 in some cases don't. I mean, you saw the New Orleans Saints last year move on from a guy, Trill Williams, in the offseason. This wasn't roster cut um, timing, but you saw them move on from him sort of with, a, you know, it looked like they might have been adjusting some injury language in his contract or something like that. And then he ends up getting claimed before they can do that by the Miami Dolphins. And he stuck around over in Miami throughout the entire season, still there on the roster now. And so, you know, we've seen some of those, some of those situations. Uh, but I think that, you know, for the most part, these guys do make it through and they're able to get over into the practice squad. Then you have to work on keeping them on the practice squad because other teams can sign them to their active rosters at any point if you don't protect them on that weekly basis when you get those weekly protections. So um, I, I think depending upon that preseason performance, there's a chance that, you know, you could end up seeing a guy like Abram Smith claimed elsewhere, but, you know, you kind of have to weigh that again. If that performance was so good that a team might claim him elsewhere, then he might be so good that the Saints just want to keep him on the roster anyway. So there's a little bit of a back and forth that has to happen there. Likely thinking five at wide receiver, and of course Deontay Hardy has to be counted in that mm-hmm. mix because of his return ability. We know the first three, for sure, Olave makes it along with Michael, Jack- Michael Thomas and 
with Jarvis Landry. So that leaves basically one spot. Marquez Callaway yep. had a good season last year. Uh, very quiet about him in camp thus far. They re-signed Traquan Smith, obviously. The two local youngsters have, have done a nice job, Kirk Merritt and Dejon Dixon. So what do you see that final roster position looking like? Yeah, I mean, that one's really, really tough. And, and, and you kind of wonder if two of those guys perform so well, if it forces the Saints to adjust some of their roster numbers a little bit and potentially keep a six-wide receiver just for the sake of keeping a guy that they can't see themselves moving on from. Um, and so, you know, out of those guys that you mentioned, uh, you know, Marquis Callaway's probably got a pretty, pretty. I don't want to call it an easy climb to the roster if, if he continues to perform well during the preseason. But, you know, a couple of big plays from him in terms of the big play ability that we've seen from him in the past would certainly help to confirm that fifth roster spot for him. But you can't really look past any of these other guys right now. I mean, Kirk Merritt has been incredibly impressive. Dejon Dixon is somebody that Dennis Allen said has caught his eye because of his speed, his ability to transition, and the mental side of the game that he brings as well. So one of these guys could potentially jump up there. Traquan Smith, of course, has been with the team since they drafted him in the third round. Their highest drafted wide receiver since, or, or uh, until they drafted Chris Olave this offseason. So there's a lot of opportunity or a lot of players there, but very little opportunity uh, in terms of only one at max two roster spots available at the position. So I think that one's going to take a lot of looking at the preseason and seeing how these guys perform under the lights and in those game situations and in full speed action. But practice so far, camp so far has put all four of those guys on the map. And I mentioned Aesop Winston as well, who could give you a, you know an additional deep threat, who can give you another player that could be you know, uh, that can contribute on special teams in terms of his return ability as well. And then I would file Rashid Shahid out of Weaver State in there, too. He just finally worked his way back off the, the PUP list or the NFI list. He's somebody that, you know, has that insane return ability. His resume as a returner is phenomenal. So if you're looking for another guy that packs that ability that allows you to maybe utilize Deontay Hardy a little bit more on the offensive side or just protect for injury, then, you know, those two guys should absolutely enter that conversation as well. So preseason is going to be big for that position. You know, the other spot that people have focused on is left tackle. And really up until the last week or so, it was a foregone conclusion that James Hurst would be the starter and Trevor Penning would be brought along. But now there's, there's a lot of murmurs, if not outright uh, loud talk, about the fact that Penning could win this job. Uh, how do you see that at this point? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think that competition is a lot closer earlier than we anticipated it being. I, I figured maybe it would get... Maybe the gap would start to close a little bit between the two players after a couple of preseason games, maybe especially with the joint practices coming up, right, when you get to see these guys going up against players that in practice that they're not accustomed to going up against. So maybe that's something that has helped to close the gap a little bit more. Maybe Trevor Penning is just a little used to what Peyton Turner and Taco Charlton are able to do and Carl Granderson are doing in front of him. And so maybe that's why the gap closed a little bit more quickly. And so we'll see how that ends up kind of, being impacted or, or, or potentially even changing or potentially even strengthening in terms of his favor uh, going into those preseason matchups and those joint practices, which are going to have a lot of value in those as well. But I do think that that race is a little bit closer uh, than we had anticipated. And I think that's good news, right? I mean, you invest highly in a, in a left tackle, which is a premier position. It is a franchise you know, position that you're looking for there. That is a, a, a big investment by a team to go in on their first-round selections or one of their first-round selections and make a pick at that, at that spot. And so if that player ends up becoming your starter week one, that's certainly not a bad place to be. And I'll say this, even if the Saints decide that they go with James Hurst early on in the season, 
I don't think that there's any reason to count Trevor Penning out as somebody that couldn't still potentially end up starting at some point in 2022, uh, even without of the conversation in terms of injury. Yeah, one of the things about Hurst that you like, if he's not starting, is his versatility because he yep. could play he could play guard, and they could really use somebody in that role. We all know about the health of Andrews Pete and where that's gone. And in you know, mm-hmm. recent years, we don't know about Ruiz just yet, obviously. So there's that. You got Throckmorton, but you'd love to have that additional depth, and that's something that Hurst could do. When you flip it to the defensive side, I guess for me the biggest concern slash question would be, let's see who Peyton Turner is. Can he get on the field, and who is he? Uh, the concern of Marcus Davenport is clearly still there, and you know, it is for me. And then, of mm-hmm. course, the concern about linebacker depth, especially with Pete Werner having been bothered by groin, throughout the entire training camp. Your thoughts? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, those are, those are the biggest spots to watch. I think you're, you're pretty excited about what you've got in the secondary there. It was great to see Marshawn Lattimore back at practice on Thursday, although he didn't participate. He was fully dressed out. and was kind of accompanying the defense everywhere that they went. So it's a pretty good indication that he probably could have gone potentially that day and been back in the mix. But, you know, why? He's not going to play in the preseason game on Saturday. There's no reason to rush him back, give him the rest of the week and then get him uh, going again during those joint practices next week in Green Bay. And so uh, I think if you're really good about where the secondary is, I think, yeah, you're right, linebacker in terms of depth in particular. I mean, if you've got your three healthy starters there in, in, in Demario Davis, Pete Werner, and then I assume Caden Ellis at strong side, you're in a really good position there. I mean, you've got good starters, but you still have to answer the question of depth. So it's great to have an experienced depth player like Eric Wilson, but then you're just trying to figure out who else is going to be able to fit into that conversation. Guys like Zach Vaughn, Andrew Dowell, Chase Hansen, Isaiah Pryor, Nephi Sewell. Like, there are those players there. There are bodies there. But is, are they up to snuff in terms of the talent that you want to have in case you lose one of those guys? And we know that groin injuries can be pesky, right? Like, they can pop up over and over again throughout a season. And so you want to have that depth there. And then when it comes to uh, Peyton Turner and Marcus Davenport, you know, it, it would just – I think – for the New Orleans Saints, they would breathe a sigh of relief to finally be able to get both of those players and uh, Cam Jordan on the field either at the same time or in the same game. Because the, the ability and talent between the three, and I'd even throw Carl Granderson into the conversation there as well, the four, is, is really impressive and, and perhaps gives you one of the deepest and most impactful edge groups in terms of a, a, a quartet, right, getting that deep into the depth chart than you're going to find across the NFL. And so it would be great to have them back. It seems that Marcus Davenport's situation is more about conditioning than it is about actual injury or the procedures that he had over the course of the offseason. And watching him run the individual drills, you see all of the tenacity, you see all of the aggression, you see his ability to attack. It's all there. But I think you just want to see him get out on the field and then be able to stay out on the field. That's certainly what he's told us on numerous occasions is his biggest goal going into this 2022 year as well. So getting both of you know both those guys on the field pretty consistently throughout the season and allowing that full rotation to happen for those defensive ends would be a huge benefit for the New Orleans Saints. But I think you know we're not going to see Marcus Davenport probably get into um, you know maybe full participation in practice until potentially even after the Green Bay game, depending upon where he is at the beginning of next week. So you'd love to see him out there, and you'd love to see him healthy going into 2022, but, you know, we have to see it all come together first. Realistically, going into training camp, I thought there were maybe three to five roster spots that were really available. Uh, Is that about accurate now in your mind? Yeah, I think so. You know, there's not a lot. There's certainly not a lot of opportunity there, and most of those 
depth. Most of those spots are are in depth conversations, right? I think maybe your your starter opportunities are going to be at you know defensive interior. Uh, you could potentially get to linebacker there, depending upon the injury, right? If if Pete Werner is not able to get there, you kind of have a little bit of a competition in terms of who's going to be that will linebacker for you. But if he's healthy, then you're talking about linebacker depth. You're looking at tight end and just maybe the order of that depth chart, but mostly conversating. Your most of your conversation there is about depth. Um, you know, Adam Trotman's pretty much your clear starter there, and then Taysom Hill, of course, getting in the mix. And I think the other spots where you're probably looking at you know, where you can find another roster spot is going to be rotationally in terms of the, the running back position that we just talked about. And then everything else is going to kind of be determined by filling out the roster with special teams. And maybe you're looking at offensive line depth, but the Saints are in a really good place in terms of offensive line depth because usually they're in a situation where one injury on the offensive line means changing two positions, i.e. a starter bounces from one spot to another and then you fill the role of the starter. So you have two players, you have one player playing out of position, and then you have effectively a second string or a backup player playing in the other spot. Now the Saints have some natural backups at every position, which would be a really great place for them to be. I think that if they're, you know, if James Hurst gets to start at left tackle and there's an injury on the interior, I think that's the one exception because you can basically get five starters out on the field if you move James Hurst over and then you get Trevor Finning in at left tackle. But other than that, if there's no rush to do that, then I think you have immediate backups at all, all levels. You've got Nick Martin who can come in at center. You've got Calvin Throckmorton who can come in at either guard spot. You've got James Hurst that could be there as well. And then you've got a guy like, uh, like Landon Young who's ready to step in at right tackle if, if ever needed. And then if Trevor Penning's not starting, then he's your depth there. If he is starting, then James Hurst is your depth there. So I think that maybe you're looking for you know a couple of other players that can play some multiple you know, additional positions, like a Forrest Lamp, for instance. But outside of that, not a lot of opportunities there on the roster. And so the rest of it's going to be really determined by who can contribute on special teams and fill out the remainder of that, that 53. Is there really a competition for the second starting cornerback? Or is Adebo that guy? I know you praised him and wrote about him at CrescentCitySports.com, which has gotten a lot of eyes, by the way. Yeah, I mean, he maybe there was a competition, but he, he certainly didn't let it go very far. That's for sure. I mean, he's been outstanding so far in camp. And and listen, I'm saying that when the guy, when one of the guys that's been in the the major rotation with him, Bradley Roby, has got five interceptions in camp. But we're not praising Bradley Roby. We're praising Paulson Adebo because that's just how consistent Paulson Adebo's uh, play has been. And yeah, he's had some, you know instances where he's lost one-on-one matchups against Michael Thomas, but we know that those one-on-ones are almost always tilted towards the offense in, in, in those situations, one wide receiver versus uh, versus cornerback. But we've also seen Paul Sadiba come up with some big plays in teams in seven-on-sevens matched up against Michael Thomas. The two of them have been going back and forth, and now their battles have become something of legend so far throughout training camp. So uh, I think Paul Sadiba, if there was a conversation or competition as, you know, who is going to be the guy opposite Marshall Lattimore, uh, I think Paulson and Evil put the kibosh on it pretty quickly, but uh, you know it's great to have a, a depth play, a depth piece, and, and and a veteran like Bradley Roby who you can play anywhere. You know the Saints, I think maybe for the first time ever, are in a situation to where, you know, if let's just say it this way, if if Marshall Lattimore has to go off for a play because he's got to put his helmet back on or he's got to tie his shoe, you're not going to see quarterbacks go out there and then immediately take a shot at the you know rookie corner on the opposite side that's now been bumped up to cornerback two because the depth isn't there. The Saints all of a sudden now with 
Bradley Roby with a talented rookie corner like Alante Taylor and other players, they're in a really good position now in terms of their depth. Maybe the deepest the secondary has been, not only at corner, but also at safety. Uh, final, final thought. Everybody has talked about Penning and everybody's talked about Alante Taylor. You know, mm-hmm. when you talk and, and Olave at the top of the draft, but nobody's really talked about the Jacksons. Uh, do these guys mm-hmm. figure at all in the mix or are they long shots or how do you see it? Yeah, look, I think Jordan Jackson's got a long climb right now with guys like Contavia Street, or had a long climb, sorry, with guys like Contavia Street, originally Jaleel Johnson, and then, of course, Shai Tuttle and Malcolm Roach in that conversation. But now that Jaleel Johnson is on injured reserve, there's a real opportunity there for Jordan Jackson to you know, be a part of that rotation on the interior because, you know, as we've discussed before, you ain't got to be a starter to get snaps on, on the defensive line in New Orleans. They're trying to rotate eight, nine different defensive players uh, all throughout the game to make sure that their best players are fresh going into the fourth quarter and their most impactful players can be fresh all the way through the 60 minutes of a game. So I think that's what you'll see for Jordan Jackson. And I think DeMarco Jackson had some nice flashes. He's, of course, moved over to injured reserve now with his injury, so his season is unfortunately over before it gets an opportunity to begin. But I do think that he's going to factor in later on down the line. His sideline-to-sideline speed is really impressive. His downhill speed is really impressive, as well as his ability to attack. And then, of course, he's been you know one of those guys that's just been a leader his entire career, as you well know, at App State. And I think that he was somebody that the Saints were really excited about. It's unfortunate that... You know, he, he ends up with the, uh, the injury that sends him to injured reserve, but I think that mm-hmm. he'll be a factor over the course of his career at some point for sure. Of course, you can follow Ross on Twitter. You can uh, listen to his Locked On podcast and, and read his fine work at CrescentCitySports.com. I mentioned a Pulse and a Debo piece you can read right now, and you've got another coming up, I know, here in the, in the short term, correct? Yes, absolutely. I'm working on a little piece here to highlight uh, Cody Burns right ahead of the uh, the preseason game because there's going to be a lot of uh, great play from these wide receivers, and Cody Burns has been a big part of it. Wide receivers have had a lot of great things to say about him, so I thought he would be a, a great piece to uh, draw some attention to. And also, of course, that uh, wide receiver room that's sure to have a pretty – I mean, I don't know if they're going to have an electric day, but they'll certainly have a pretty impactful day uh, tomorrow as the preseason kicks off. And that will be at CrescentCitySports.com. Ross, thank you. Appreciate it. Uh, we look forward to the game tomorrow night and continue the fine work. Absolutely, buddy. Appreciate you. Thanks so much for having me on. Take care, stay safe, and I'll talk to you soon. Ross Jackson of CrescentCitySports.com. All right, we'll take a time out here, 504-260-1061. College football, our focus next. We'll touch on LSU, but also a lot on Tulane. Lenny Van Gilder of CrescentCitySports.com will join us here on 106.1 FM Nash Icon and on the web at NashFM1061.com. I'm Ken Trahan. And I'm Jude Young. We'll have comprehensive coverage of high school, college, and the pros. Plus, we give you a voice to speak your mind. It's entertainment. It's information. It's all that you could want. And it's right here on 1061 Nash Icon. Monday through Friday from 6 to 7 p.m. Following Inside New Orleans on 1061 Nash Icon. Country for life. Since 1935, the All-State Sugar Bowl has been a proud New Orleans New Year's Day tradition. Through its annual support of college football and amateur sports, the Sugar Bowl attracts hundreds of thousands of visitors to the state, providing countless opportunities for young people. Resources from these events enable the Sugar Bowl to support education and community programs impacting thousands of New Orleans area teachers and citizens. The All-State Sugar Bowl, proud to host the best of the Big 12 and the SEC in the Superdome on New Year's Day, Ray Maliazzi here for eBay Motors. 
so you have to drive 300 miles to your cousin's wedding. Okay, so it's his fourth. But you know what they say, fourth time's the charm. <laughs> well, here's the problem. Your tires are as bald as I am. But lucky for you, eBay Motors has tires for just about every make and model. Plus wheels, lug nuts, jack stands, and more. 122 million parts. Do they have tissues? Oh, good, because I'm definitely a crier. Get the right parts at the right prices. eBay Motors, let's ride. Staples has everything for school at great prices. So this year, you won't go back to school. You'll be ready to move forward and master fifth grade. Grade math. I can't do this. It's impossible. Uh, not you, Dad. Your daughter. Staples will help her move forward. Ah, right. Right now, Staples comp books and number two pencils are just 50 cents each. Plus, two pocket paper folders are only 25 cents each. Everything on your list at amazing prices. Staples, we're not going back. We're going forward to school. Ends 827 in-store, only limit 30. Ray Maliazzi here for eBay Motors. So you have to drive 300 miles to your cousin's wedding. Okay, so it's his fourth. But you know what they say, fourth time's the charm. <laughs> well, here's the problem. Your tires are as bald as I am. But lucky for you, eBay Motors has tires for just about every make and model. Plus wheels, lug nuts, jack stands, and more. 122 million parts. Do they have tissues? Oh, good, because I'm definitely a crier. Get the right parts at the right prices. eBay Motors, let's ride. Staples has everything for school at great prices. So this year, you won't go back to school. You'll be ready to move forward and master fifth grade. Grade math. I can't do this. It's impossible. Uh, not you, Dad. Your daughter. Staples will help her move forward. Ah, right. Right now, Staples comp books and number two pencils are just 50 cents each. Plus, two pocket paper folders are only 25 cents each. Everything on your list at amazing prices. Staples, we're not going back. We're going forward to school. Ends 827 in-store, only limit 30. Cashback is not available on gas in New Jersey and Wisconsin. Hey, good morning. You're heading to the airport, right? Yep, thanks for checking. I like the car. How long have you been a rideshare driver? About three years now, but I really enjoy it. Isn't it hard to make money these days with the price of gas being so high? Not for me. I use Upside, the free app that gives you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get real money back when you get gas with the Upside app? Yep, I get real cash back every time I get gas. Does that actually add up to anything? I'll make around $200 to $300. Wow, that's serious extra cash. I'm downloading the Upside app now. Download the free Upside app now to earn real cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code CAR for a $5 bonus on your first tank. You can cash out anytime, right to your bank account, PayPal, or gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code CAR for a $5 bonus on your first tank. That's code CAR. This report is paid for by NHTSA. We all know about the speed of sound. But have you ever thought about the sound of speeding? Drive too fast, and you could hear the sound of your vehicle crashing. Because one way or another, speeding catches up with you. Paid for by NHTSA. Welcome to your daily sports report presented by CrescentCitySports.com. The New Orleans Saints continued to prepare for Saturday night's preseason opener at Houston. The Saints brought in K.J. Costello as a third quarterback Thursday due to the injury to Jameis Winston. He'd been with the team in minicamp in the summer. The Saints also signed defensive back Brian Allen, who played in the USFL for the champion Birmingham Stallions this year. Defensive tackle Jaleel Jackson released. Safety Bryce Thompson cleared waivers placed on injured reserve. The Saints a very slight favorite over the Texans. Tampa Bay quarterback Tom Brady will be away from the Buccaneers for a period of time 
to deal with personal things, according to Todd Bowles, who said the absence was discussed in advance. He should return after next week's preseason game against Tennessee. Jaden Daniels took most first-team snaps for quarterback at LSU Thursday, but Brian Kelly said not to read much into it. Kelly again praised Miles Brennan and freshman Walker Howard while saying that Garrett Nussmeyer did not participate due to a mild ankle sprain. And quarterback Jackson Smolik of Des Moines, Iowa, has decommitted from Tulane's recruiting class of 2023. For these stories and more, visit CrescentCitySports.com. Have a blessed weekend and be a good sport. For CrescentCitySports.com, I'm Ken Trahan. Now's the time. What's on your mind? Time to express your thoughts by calling Ken Trahan of CrescentCitySports.com and all access on 1061 Nash Icon and at NashFM1061.com. Call 504-260-1061. College football marching toward openers, of course, at the end of August and beyond, and that's true for Tulane and LSU. Lenny Van Gilder of Crescent City Sports joining us now. All right, Lenny, before we get into Tulane, where LSU's concerned, clearly it's about the quarterback position, and everybody's making a big deal about Jaden Daniels taking first-team snaps most recently, but Brian Kelly continues to say it's an open competition and continues to say don't read much into it. Thoughts? Well, here's the thing, and it's different. It's, you know, in the past, and it's very unusual, Brian Kelly's basically opening up his practices to the media. So it's not like he can keep things a secret. If he wanted to try to do whatever it is he wanted to do behind closed doors for the next three weeks and not tell anybody what he was going to do and list a bunch of oars on his depth chart in the first snap of the Florida State game uh, three weeks from Sunday in the Dome, all of a sudden you find out who the starting quarterback is. He could do that if he wanted to, but he's not because he's letting people in there. But it's but but here's but here's the thing. He's saying don't read much into this. And like you said, Daniels Daniels took the first team snaps in a scrimmage yesterday. Uh, you know, but every but everybody's still doing good things. And uh, obviously he didn't have a he didn't have Garrett Nussbier yesterday. And that that you know there there was some indication that maybe he was doing the maybe he was getting some first team snaps before he was hurt. So. Who knows what is? Who knows what's going on? I, you know, it's uh, it's it shouldn't it shouldn't be a mystery, but maybe it is a mystery, and and it depends on, you know, what he wants to do and what's what's best for what he uh for what he wants to accomplish in twenty twenty two. Listen, I think they're good. I think they're good on defense. I think their defensive line's exceptional. I think they can be good in the secondary. I think offensively, their quarterback position is pretty good. I think their wide receiver position is exceptional. Offensive line's all new. It can't be worse. Most people think it'll be better. Not sold on the running back position. So much is going to depend on John Emery. Where am I wrong here? Well, uh, the, he, the question becomes this. Where does the emphasis lie on offense? What is he going to try to do? It's not going to be, this is not going to be 2019, you know, Joe Brady offense in there. Uh, this is going to be something more along the lines of a, of probably a pro style offense, not necessarily run it, you know, run it between the tackles and uh, you know just line up with a with a tight end and two running backs and two wide receivers. I don't think you're going to see that, but I think you're going to see something, you know, a little bit less wide open than maybe we've become accustomed to seeing in you know in college football. But again, he's a guy who's going to play to his strength. That's that's what you don't know. Where where's the point of emphasis going to be? And then what are you going to do with those people? Are you going to use the tight ends as blockers? Or are you going to throw to the tight ends? Are you going to throw to the backside of the backfield? Or are you going to just hand the ball off to them? That, that's that's going to determine a lot in my mind in terms of how these players are going to be used. Those those five skill guys that you line up alongside a quarterback and five offensive linemen. You put five guys out there, but how are you going to use them? 
certainly I think the personnel they have dictates that maybe they should throw the ball uh, more, at least based upon what I'm looking at with a plethora of good wide receivers and with quarterbacks who can get them the ball. But obviously, this is a coaching staff that's run a pro-style offense uh, every step of the way with Brian Kelly leading that particular offense. And then defensively, as I mentioned, good-looking defensive line, good-looking secondary as well. And with kicking game, we'll see. Bottom line is I, I think they're a seven- or eight-win team. I agree. I, you know, we, uh, you know, we, we had the, the annual get-together of Ike's Caravan uh, Wednesday night, and uh, I think everybody on the panel agreed with eight and four uh, for the regular season. That's not a, uh, you know, I think that would obviously be an improvement. I mean, obviously you see with the prognosticators out there basically picking, what, about a 500 season or whatever? So it's, right. uh, you know, same, you know, same thing on the Saints front, I think. It's, you know, I know you were just talking to Ross about that. It's, you know, same kind of thing. I think the, the, the national prognosticators and the people in Vegas who set these odds are, you know, picking something close to a 500 season. And yet, at the same time, you, you look at what people down here think. I, I, I does, does anybody down here expect a 500 season? I don't think so. Yeah, I think it's, I think LSU and the Saints in that way are a lot alike. Money Van Gilder, our guest, talking about college football. Let's turn our attention to Tulane. So, two and ten last year, quite a few coaching changes. Uh, two quarterbacks who were banged up who are both healthy now, and I guess you start there. You've, you've got a, basically not a new coaching staff, but, a, but a, a drastically different coaching staff, including somebody new running the offense. And you've got your two, star, your two quarterbacks, one and two, both healthy. So just from that perspective, you would think this would be a better team. You would think so, certainly. And they've got to be, and they've got to be able to block, obviously, to protect the quarterback, much as the quarterbacks have to do for, you know, you know, for Michael Pratt, so or, or whoever ends up back there. But look, Michael Pratt's a guy who's—I mean, he's getting like extraordinary, um, you know, accolades out there from people. I mean, could could he be a guy who, you know, has a blockbuster year and ends up putting his name in the draft and is, you know, the next two-lane quarterback to go to the NFL? We could do that in two years, maybe not, maybe not one, but uh, he's got a chance to be, you know, he's got a chance to make the difference whether this team is a four-win team or a, you know, a seven- or eight-win team this year. And obviously, he's got, you know, he's certainly got some skill around him, but I think it really starts up front, much like what we were just talking about with LSU. You've got to be able to, you've got to be able to block up front in some way, shape, or form to open up holes or, you know, just if, when, you, when you've got to throw the football uh, to be able to keep Michael Pratt upright and, and healthy. Well, they were disappointing, I would say, very disappointing up front last year. I think everybody thought they'd be better with Sincere Hayward and with Claybrook and the rest of the guys. But realistically, uh, that's it. You kind of stop right there. They've changed the approach, changed coaches. So uh, that's got to be a better spot for them this year. No, no, I certainly think so. And look, yeah, yeah there were changes made. Obviously, the, the record is what you say you were. You know, you, you, know you, you are what your record says you are. That's the old Bill Parcells line, I guess. But... I'm inclined to make last year a throwout because of how Tulane was impacted by the hurricane. And I'm not trying to make excuses, but you, you see it. I mean, they spent the first month of the season in Birmingham. And that, that just threw, you know, everything was building up to that, to that home opener with Oklahoma. Now you end up having to play that game in Norman. Then you spend, you know, two more weeks in Birmingham, and then you get your doors blown off in Oxford. And they really never recovered from that. And, uh, you know, from that point on, we're, you know, we're, we're playing catch up. They had, 
you know, they had some injuries. They had some, uh, you know, some, some things just not go right for them in some other areas. And, and they, you know, you know, ideally those things are not going to happen this time around. And you, you get a clean start. The schedule is a lot more friendly. I mean, you're talking about, you know, last year you had you know, Oklahoma and Ole Miss. You know, that's two pretty big-time teams to be playing in the first three games of the season. I mean, as it turned out, of course, Ole Miss ended up here in the Sugar Bowl. Uh, so, you know, you don't have that this time around. You, you open at home with UMass and Alcorn State, and then you go to Kansas State. So it's, uh, and then you come here and play Southern Miss. You've got a great chance to be, at worst, 3-1 and one coming out of September this year. Strength of that offense, to me, very clearly is – is that quarterback and it's at running back where they have real depth. Ty J Spears is really good and he's a year further removed from that knee injury and he was really good the second half last year. Then of course you got Cam Carroll back, but now you know you got Iverson Celestine who's very capable, and then you've added Shoddy Clayton who's really good. So to me, uh, that is a real strength of this offense and this football team. Yeah, I think look, look you never know. When it comes to transfers, what's going to happen? Of course, we're talking, we didn't get into that with LSU, and obviously they've got a bunch of them. Yes. Those are the kind of guys that have got a chance to really come in and be difference makers, or maybe it just doesn't work out. I mean, you, you, you know, you saw that, you know, last year a little bit with, uh, you know, with the back from Covington, Brumfield. You thought he might have a chance to do something, really never turned into anything, and, mm-hmm. you know, didn't even, didn't even finish out the season. But I, I think Shotty Clayton's got a chance to be special. You and I both saw him throughout his career at Easton, and he's, I mean, he can be a difference maker. And, and look, the, the, you can keep guys fresh with what you've got in the backfield right now. And you, you talk about Spears, he's certainly a guy who can, you know, break away and, you know, and, and do some special things, and you can get him and, you know, get him. Uh, lined up, you can put both of those guys in. You can line up Spears in the slot, and you know you you, you try to create some matchup situations there. Which, yeah, obviously, uh, I'm sure that's you know that's in the back of their mind along the way as well. So, um, yeah, you're right. I I agree with you that that is that is certainly where the strength of this offense lies. When you look at the defense, I mean, they were historically bad for the first half of the season last year, but then they they improved, and and it was even marked improvement by the end of the season. So you got to think maybe they'll carry that over. You would think so, and I, I think you know I think there there certainly should be you know better, and that that experience should help. I like what they've got at linebacker. Uh, you know, like what they've got on the edge. You, you know, the, what what they lost on the edge two years ago. That was a situation that was, you know, that's not an easy that's not an easy thing to replace when you when you send two guys to the NFL. So, um, you know, but they should be, you know, they should be better in, in those areas. And if you can cover and obviously, look, this is a league that pretty much everybody can score. Okay. And it's a league with a, with an awful lot of talent out there. Uh, and Tulane's got to play them all. I mean, they don't, they don't, they don't get any, uh, they don't get any cupcakes necessarily when it comes to, to how the, how the conference part of the schedule fall or fell. And that you got to play Houston and you got to play UCF and you got to play Cincinnati. And, oh, by the way, if you want to start looking ahead, those three teams are going to the Big 12 next year. So, you know, if you can build on some things here and get a six or seven win season, you know, and and build and set yourself up for 2023, you've got a chance to maybe put yourself in a situation to be a championship contender come 23. Lenny Van Gilder with us for a few more minutes, uh, talking about Tulane. And, again, the the one position that continues to be a little bit baffling is wide receiver under Willie Fritz. Uh, They just haven't had that guy. They had Darnell Mooney. That was it. Darnell Mooney's in the NFL, and he was really good. 
They just haven't been able to get anybody in there that can play consistently, play consistently well and make any difference whatsoever outside of Mooney. Yeah, I mean, I think Jaquan Johnson has that ability, uh, Jackson, I should say, and then, of course, when you look at the Watts brothers, you know, up and down, and just haven't seen it, and I'm wondering if that's going to change at all this year. Oh, you, you Again, you would hope with just some consistency and some normalcy and things like that, and maybe, you know, Pratt's got a chance to develop a little bit of a, a rapport with some of these guys and um, – you know, let's see. You know, let's see how that all plays out. But you're right; it's certainly an area that has not been, you know, an area of strength. And look, honestly, with some of the things that you know Tulane has done at different times on offense, it hasn't necessarily played to strengths of wide receivers, if you will. So, you know, obviously, if you run, 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 and all of a sudden you you pull it back and you try to go over the top, you could pop some plays and and that sort of thing. But yeah, I, I think you know you want to be you want to be in some way. Uh, you know, balanced out there in terms of what you're doing offensively. And you mentioned a new offensive coordinator coming in from from the Division Two ranks. You know, it's kind of, you know, I I'm, I'm, don't want to anoint this guy or anything like that. But you remember, 25 years ago, same kind of thing happened when Tommy Bowden came in and brought Rich Rodriguez with him from the NAIA ranks as a head coach, and nobody knew a lot about his offense. So let's see. Uh, I, don't, I don't think it's that, but uh, but still, let's see. Uh, you know, let, let let's see what you know Tulane is going to do this year offensively. Well, it's really interesting because when I, in all my years of covering high school football, uh, the offense put in by Denny Duran at Evangel in the late 80s uh, just revolutionized the game. And it took people literally 15, 20 years to catch up with that and figure out how to do it. And then everybody figured out how to run it to a degree and play against it to a degree. And Rich Rodriguez was on the front end of that at Tulane. You're right with what he was able to do. Now everybody does it, and people also figured out uh, how to play against it too. But at that time, it was very, very hard to defend. So uh, I really think that's a good point. So well, and know, no doubt, and look, it's and the, and the other thing I would you know say there, you know, we you know, and of course, a couple of weeks ago at the All State Sugar Bowl, Great Rollins Hall of Fame, it was one of the, the points that came up. Is I mean, what you know, what Sean King and that offense did had never been done in Division One football before. They'd, they'd done it at smaller levels, and nobody knew what would work, but. It, Mm-hmm. It was just, you know, a, a different way. People have like, yeah. I mean, it really was. It was different. It was amazing to watch, and it was highly successful. And and you can follow and read Lenny Van Gilder's work at CrescentCitySports.com. It's CrescentCitySports.com. Lenny, appreciate the time. Uh, have a good weekend. You here? All right. You too. Okay. All right, Lenny. Thank you, Bye. Lenny Van Gilder of Crescent City Sports. We'll take a time out here, and we'll return in just a moment. When we return, we'll tell you about the other news of the day, including baseball and more. There's big news in Major League Baseball, by the way. A a prime player suspended. We'll tell you about that, among other things. As we continue with All Access for a Friday night, Ken Trahan, Rudy Dixon, our producer, here on 106.1 FM, Nash Icon. We're on the web at NashFM1061.com. People who come to Cricket stay with Cricket, like Luke here. I'm Luke, and I live outside Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. My favorite thing about Cricket is the reliability and simplicity. There's no hidden fees or charges, no gotcha moments. Every month we get the same consistent bill and know exactly what we're getting. The tagline should be communication simplified. 
Join Cricket Nation and see for yourself at cricketwireless.com. Smile, you're on Cricket. Real customers pay for their testimonials, fees, terms, and restrictions apply. See cricketwireless.com for details. This week at Macy's, get an extra 20% off with your coupon or Macy's card. That's on top of already great deals like Jeans for Him from Laser and More, $34.99. And Kids Jeans for Back to School, $24.99 to $45. Plus get 10 to 50% off now during our big home sale. And Macy's Star Rewards members earn on every purchase except gift cards, services, and fees. Sign up today at macy's.com slash star rewards. Savings off sale and clearance prices. Exclusions apply. I wanted to know why some people who get COVID-19 get it so bad. I found out it may be because they have a high risk factor, such as heart disease, diabetes, being overweight, smoking, and asthma. Even if symptoms feel mild, these factors can increase your risk of COVID-19 turning severe. So if you're at high risk and test positive, there are things you can do, like asking your healthcare provider if an authorized oral treatment is right for you. Learn about an option at treatcovid19.com. This message is sponsored by Pfizer. Wireless headphones. That'll be $200. I'll use my Capital One Quicksilver card. Now that's a hit. You used the Capital One Quicksilver card, which makes you the hero of every purchase. With Quicksilver, you earn unlimited 1.5% cash back on every purchase everywhere. I wanted running music, but unlimited 1.5% cash back is pretty heroic. Good instincts. Every hero needs a theme song. The Capital One Quicksilver card. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com for details. This report is sponsored by West Baton Rouge Convention and Visitors Bureau. The West Baton Rouge Convention and Visitors Bureau presents Oldies But Goodies Fest, September 10th and 11th. Put on your bell-bottoms, white t-shirts, and sneakers. Barbecue, cook-off, live music, and more. Sponsored by Placid Refining and Bearcom Communications. Visit LouisianaTravel.com to plan your trip today. This is Josh Danzig with WhereYet.com and WhereYet Magazine with your weekend picks for 1061 Nash Icon. It's time to break out your best red dress as the Red Dress Run returns this Saturday. Visit NOH3.com for more info and to register. And looking for a spot to watch the Big Saints game this Saturday night? Head over to Nice Guys Noah at 7910 Earhart Boulevard for great wings, burgers, and more. Check out the newly redesigned WhereYet.com community calendar that features live music listings, food happenings, and much more. Just log on to WhereYet.com and click on Community Calendar to see what else is happening this weekend. Cumulus New Orleans, incredible service and excellent results. New Orleans is always number one with Cumulus Radio and Digital. This is where you get all access. Not just the focus on one or two topics. All sports are on the table with your calls at all times. Join us now by calling 260-1061. Now back to Ken Trahan on 1061 Nash Icon through CrescentCitySports.com and at NashFM1061.com. FedEx St. Jude Championship. Of course, the news there was all about three players trying to sue their way back in to play in a PGA event, even though they left to go to the Live Tour. Uh, that bid failed, and the guys that are playing are the guys that are loyal to the PGA Tour. And they're at the halfway mark, and American J.J. Spawn has the lead at 11 under par, one shot better than Troy Merritt and Sepp Straka. Two shots back, Denny McCarthy. Three shots back, the red-hot Tony Finau, along with Cameron Smith, and we all know what is rumored about him, and Liv, and yet he's playing in this event. Brian Harmon, Ryan Palmer also. At eight under par, three shots back. And, of course, uh, that event looks like two under is going to be the cut. 
which is going to leave world number one, Scotty Scheffler, missing the cut, among others. So there's that, too. But, again, Sam Burns is at six under, by the way. So only five shots back and in pretty good shape there after rounds of 65 and 69. Justin Thomas also at six under par in the event going on in Memphis right now, the FedEx St. Jude Championship on the PGA Tour. And then, of course, the big news of the day from the other major sports in Major League Baseball. One of the best players in baseball is Fernando Tatis, and he hasn't played this year due to injury. Well, he's not going to play anytime in the near future. Tatis Jr. has been suspended for 80 games after testing positive for Clostabol, a performance-enhancing substance which is in direct violation of the Major League Baseball Joint Drug Prevention and Treatment Program. MLB made the suspension announcement today effective immediately, which means Tatis is out for the rest of this season. Tatis, for his part, said he's not appealing it and that it was his mistake. He said that he took it to treat ringworm, which contained the banned substance. He apologized to his organization. He was on a minor league rehab assignment at the time the announcement was made, getting set to come back and rejuvenate the Padres who made the massive deals at the trade deadline. And there's still a a pretty good bet to be able to make the postseason as a wildcard team. So he's done. And he is one of the faces of the game and a spectacular talent. So again, Tatis gone for the rest of the season. They'll lean on their other talent, including Juan Soto, who they acquired recently, to try to get them over the hump the rest of the way. And then the other news in sports internationally today, Tyson Fury. He's walking away. He's retiring. And that came just three days after he said he was going to fight again. Fury's just 34 years of age. But he's decided that he's not going to fight again. He had been testing the waters. But isn't going to happen, at least at this point. Do you write him off permanently? I would say not. Not just yet, but certainly at this point it's big news because he has been the big drawing card in that sport. Very colorful, of course, very talented, big man. And anytime a heavyweight is colorful and good, it attracts attention to that sport. 504-260-1061. Back with some final words and tell you about some upcoming events when we continue in a moment here on 106.1 FM Nash Icon and at NashFM1061.com. Cashback is not available on gas in New Jersey and Wisconsin. Hey, good morning. You're heading to the airport, right? Yeah, thanks for checking. I like the car. How long have you been a rideshare driver? About three years now, but I really enjoy it. Isn't it hard to make money these days with the price of gas being so high? Not for me. I use Upside, the free app that gives you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get real money back when you get gas with the Upside app? Yep, I get real cash back every time I get gas. Does that actually add up to anything? I'll make around $200 to $300. Wow, that's serious extra cash. I'm downloading the Upside app now. 
Download the free Upside app now to earn real cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code CAR for a $5 bonus on your first tank. You can cash out anytime, right to your bank account, PayPal, or gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code CAR for a $5 bonus on your first tank. That's code CAR. Hi guys, it's Andrew with Springview Medical Clinic. Are you struggling with erectile dysfunction and sick of the pills? Well, we now have a major medical breakthrough that has helped thousands of men. The wave technology at Springview Medical uses gentle pressure waves to repair and open up blood vessels. We have 60 clinical studies, including from Cambridge University, showing our technology treats the root cause problem of erectile dysfunction. No more pills and no more side effects, just more blood flow in the bedroom. If you're ready to put a stop to your ED and regain your love life, Grab your phone and call us now. You'll qualify for the assessment exam, even the blood flow ultrasound totally free. And to the first 10 callers now, you'll get a gift that can produce immediate results in the bedroom. You're going to love that. This is a $650 value, totally free to callers now. 504-313-4000. That's 504-313-4000. Guys, put a stop to your erectile dysfunction by treating the root cause. Call Springview Medical Clinic now to qualify. 504-313-4000. I wanted to know why some people who get COVID-19 get it so bad. I found out it may be because they have a high risk factor, such as heart disease, diabetes, being overweight, smoking, and asthma. Even if symptoms feel mild, these factors can increase your risk of COVID-19 turning severe. So if you're at high risk and test positive, there are things you can do, like asking your healthcare provider if an authorized oral treatment is right for you. Learn about an option at TreatCovid19.com. This message is sponsored by Pfizer. Wireless headphones. That'll be $200. I'll use my Capital One Quicksilver card. Now that's a hit. You used the Capital One Quicksilver card, which makes you the hero of every purchase. With Quicksilver, you earn unlimited 1.5% cash back on every purchase everywhere. I wanted running music, but unlimited 1.5% cash back is pretty heroic. Good instincts. Every hero needs a theme song. The Capital One Quicksilver card. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com for details. I wanted to know why some people who get COVID-19 get it so bad. I found out it may be because they have a high risk factor, such as heart disease, diabetes, being overweight, smoking, and asthma. Even if symptoms feel mild, these factors can increase your risk of COVID-19 turning severe. So if you're at high risk and test positive, there are things you can do like asking your healthcare provider if an authorized oral treatment is right for you. Learn about an option at TreatCovid19.com. This message is sponsored by Pfizer. Wireless headphones. That'll be $200. I'll use my Capital One Quicksilver card. Now that's a hit. You used the Capital One Quicksilver card, which makes you the hero of every purchase. With Quicksilver, you earn unlimited 1.5% cash back on every purchase everywhere. I wanted running music, but unlimited 1.5% cash back is pretty heroic. Good instincts. Every hero needs a theme song. The Capital One Quicksilver card. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com for details. Always welcoming intelligent points of view, whether we agree or disagree. Let's have constructive dialogue on all access with Ken Trahan on 1061 FM Nash Icon at NashFM1061.com and through CrescentCitySports.com. Give us a call at 504-260-1061. Big Joe Gator Show tomorrow morning. Ed Daniels and I will have that for you from 10 a.m. until noon. Look forward to that coming up next Wednesday night. We continue our live show from 
FanDuel Sportsbook at Treasure Chest at 6 p.m. next Wednesday night, August 17th, where you can come meet Devery Anderson, former LSU and Saints star, soon to be inducted into the Saints Hall of Fame. Devery Anderson live on 106.1 FM and live at FanDuel Sportsbook at Treasure Chest Casino in Kenner next Wednesday night at 6. You'll want to be there with prizes and a chance to take pictures with and get autographs with Devery Henderson next Wednesday night. Greater New Orleans Quarterback Club returns this year on August 30th, a Tuesday at noon. And we'll tell you all about it coming up on Monday with a full release because you'll love the speakers and the opportunity and the location as well. So that's coming up too. So much to look forward to as we move forward. Want to thank Rudy Dixon. Want to thank Ross J. 